around Lazola Party at a dozen past five. We truck through traffic on KLIF. That's King Harvest dancing in the moonlight. Those are the Ohio players. This is Danny Day with the best music at 5.04 in the afternoon. Hear the cue. Call us to win. All weekend, a winner, an hour. Sometimes more. o'clock in Oklahoma City. This is Charlie Tuna. I'll be here till the hour of nine o'clock with my Indian friend, my faithful guy, Tonto. And oh. I really don't know how we're going to make it. <laughs> Are you people all ready to get up out there? No. Oh. We're going to have to make up our minds. Julie is five and leave. 8.42. Time to get to the jungle. Get down. Get down. Welcome back. It's episode number three of Radio What Happened. I'm Jim Christofferson, a CH with one F, and Terry Bettis. Terry, welcome back. Thank you. Number three, hard to believe. Yeah, it is. Seems it's... like only yesterday. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we've been planning this a long time, too. And as you pointed out in our first episode, there is no shortage of topics to discuss. One of the things I thought we'd do right away, since we are commercial radio, is maybe play an old-time commercial. Now, if you're a certain age in this country, you can almost recite the, 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 the jingle to this commercial once you hear it. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Uh, uh, Winston tastes good like a, you know, there's so many different variations, but it's always the same thing. Yeah, this one, of course, was interesting in that they didn't even sing the, the thing until, but they used the theme. Right. But, but, you know, I, and for I, those people that couldn't see, there were actually some horses at the first of that commercial is a TV commercial, not a radio commercial, but a TV commercial, and the, the horses were actually kind of prancing to the beat of that jingle. Mm -hmm. And uh, those that are listening couldn't see that. But it, um, it, all cigarette or tobacco related products stopped advertising on electronic media back in 70 or 71. I can't remember for sure. But I think it takes on, for me at least, a larger issue. Since all tobacco products have been banned for airplay by the Federal Communications Commission, why has electronic media, radio and TV, been so different. I mean, they took all the money from, from electronic media and dumped it into print. And, and they would do outdoor billboards and, of course, magazines. But it, but it always made me feel as if radio was just so heavily regulated by the government. Don't want to turn this into a political podcast at all. But, you know, I think there are First Amendment rights that, that we all have in this country. And radio doesn't have the first the same First Amendment rights that newspaper does. You know, I, I actually took a completely different uh, take on that when, when they took it off of electronic. To me, it was, uh, or it, it, it told me that they thought the electronic media was just that influential. Absolutely. That, that, yes, and a lot of people had that, that takeaway, and always made me kind of feel proud to be on the radio. But nonetheless, nonetheless, radio was not just 
regulated from that standpoint. You know, we had affirmative action uh, policies that we had to underwrite in, in, in the industry well before anybody, and they were, they were all good. And let me tell you, not promoting cigarette smoking. My wife died from smoking cigarettes, so I, I get that. I'm just saying that I don't know why radio and TV were required to carry specific public service announcements. Nobody else was in the, in the print and electronic. So again, I don't want to turn this into a political talk show, but, but I just, it seems to me as if radio TV like our second class citizens compared to print. I'm also not an attorney, but it might be kind of a fun interview in the future to get an attorney on and find out why it's as heavily regulated as it is. Well, and our entire podcast is developed along the theory and question what happened to radio and the changes of radio. And you talk about FCC regulation of radio. Well, that's one of the main reasons that radio has changed right. over, over the past 20, 30, 40 years. Because yeah. if you remember back before they opened it up like they have now, there was a limit on what you could own uh, in each market, you could, if, if I'm not mistaken, you could have seven licenses or at one time. But in a market, you could have one AM and one FM, and that was it. Yeah, it used to be some of them were grandfathered in with a newspaper, but boy, they stopped that too because of the, the massive amount of influence. But you're right, seven AM, seven FM, seven TV stations, that was what was known as a full complement. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, you can have seven AMs and seven FMs in, in one market. But it's interesting. I mean, I, I buy into the fact that radio needed to be regulated. The FCC, I think, was created back in 33, 34. That was like 10 or 12 years after the first commercial station went on the air. But back then, they were would just put them up kind of willy-nilly so you'd have a station broadcasting at 1240 60 miles away you would have one broadcasting at 1230 and it was very difficult to hear but I, I think they just I think they took it a, a step too far you know and every time we talk about one of these we could go on a different tangent and one of the tangents there is one of the early radio stations back in the 20s 30s and and the way they came up with their call letters mm -hmm. you know in fact I was watching a, a documentary I think we've both seen it on TV, uh, Ken Burns' documentary called "Country" oh, or I, "Country I've Music." Seen one episode yeah. Of it. yeah well, he, he mentions um, a lot of different instances, and one of the most famous radio stations in the world is WLS in Chicago. Mm -hmm. I didn't know for a long time that w, WLS stood for world's largest store. Right? They were it, it Sears. Sears. Yeah, yeah, they were. I think their tower was on top of the Sears building. Yeah, and so there's, there's hundreds of different stories about call letters. Uh, you know, I've got an interesting one. I worked at KFOX, KFOX, in Long Beach, not what became KFOX FM. This was KFOX AM. Those call letters go back so far that the X in KFOX stood for experimental. That's how old those call letters are. Too. Not, not that I'm that old. I, well, I'm getting close, but not, not quite that old. But yeah, call letters, that's, that will be a whole different... Uh, experimental? Yeah, experimental. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, call letters, uh, big, uh, because some call letters were after people, the name. Mm -hmm. A lot of different call letters that would use the initials of their name. Some that I didn't know were from, uh, like, Sears. Uh, the insurance company um, in uh, Nashville, uh, we serve millions, w WSM, was an insurance company and their motto was, we've served millions. Mm -hmm. And so they started a radio station basically to help their insurance people sell and go door to door and open doors and sell insurance policies. Wow. Yeah. But then a lot of them were geographical, mm -hmm. you know, uh, K LBK in Lubbock. 
LBK. Yeah. And, uh, and then some of them were totally random. Mm -hmm. and, and most, back when they started, X's were east of the Mississippi, K's were, I mean, W's were east of the Mississippi, K's were west, but there's, there's, that's not 100% of the time. Right. There were stations in Dallas with W's, so, but call letters is another fascinating thing. Yeah, I think the best set of call letters I've ever heard are in Waco, W-A-C-O. Having, having your name match the name of the city, that's yeah. beyond cool. Uh, and before we get too further, uh, we've got to bring our old pal Gary Owens back in for uh, another sponsor, because, you know, we have to pay for this podcast. <laughs> so here's our uh, sponsor for this week. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Ed's Toothpaste, the toothpaste that is guaranteed to make your teeth cleaner, whiter, and brighter. If you try a tube of Ed's Toothpaste and your teeth aren't cleaner, whiter, and brighter, simply send them to Ed's Toothpaste Incorporated, and we'll send you a full refund. Gary Owens, love that guy, love that voice. Well, maybe this is a good time to, um, to, to bring up an air check, but before we do, if I may just... Um, if you'll indulge me, we were talking call letters, which I think is something that we could do a whole show on. But our air check today is from one of my all-time favorite disc jockeys, Dick Biondi, who I listened to on WLS in Chicago, which was world's largest store, as you said. I didn't realize he worked at it, but you found an air check of Dick Biondi from WCFL in Chicago, where apparently he started his stellar career. Do you know what those call letters stood for? Do not. Chicago Federated Labor. I think it was the Teamsters Union that put that station on the air. So here's Dick wow. Biondi, probably back in what, the 60s, on WCFL. Turn it on with John. Turn it on with Sunny chance of showers toward evening. High the lower 80s. Cloudy chance of showers and thunderstorms tonight. Low the middle 60s. Cloudy tomorrow with a chance of morning showers. High around 80. Downtown 78. Northwest 83 and southwest 80. Oh, I'm happy to be working at CFL. Got my health. It's a great day. And I just want to celebrate. I just want to celebrate. WCFL on a card in some unique place and then let us know and start listening tomorrow because we may call your name. Big 10 WCFL. Dick Biondi at 324 WCFL on a golden weekend. The Raiders Indian Reservation. Reservation. <laughs> 
WCFL. Mail your entry no later than August 4th at WCFL Everywhere, 300 North State Street, Chicago. Wow, WCFL Chicago. That was actually from 1971, courtesy of Air Checks Online. Mm. And next week, we'll play their competition. Yeah, they were as great a station as it was. It was the number two top 40 station in Chicago. So it's a big one, WLS. Okay. Um, probably a good time, too, to give that email address out one more time. Radio what happened at gmail.com. Please send your suggestions, uh, ideas for um, topics of discussion, uh, air checks, uh, you know, possible interviews, anything, uh, ideas, suggestions, comments, um, anything that you got, send to radio what happened at gmail.com. And there are many different ways that you can download the program too. Um, we, we actually do have a what Happened to Radio website. We do have whathappentoradio.com is the website. We also have a Facebook page. You can search on Facebook for Radio What Happened, and you'll find our Facebook page. So we'd love any uh, interaction with our social presence as well as our uh, website or um, just uh, email us. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and content is available on so many different uh, avenues now to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Buzzsprout. But yeah, check out that website. And hopefully we'll be adding some, some different things to it as well. But on each, uh, each one of our episodes will be on that, that particular website or the other ones that I've just mentioned. Too. Yeah, I'd love to play uh, uh, just a little bit. We talked about Chicken Man the last time, and I, I just happened to have a couple of things that I had gotten from an old website several years ago when I had an online radio station. Um, and the Chicken Man, I'm just going to play a, a brief uh, clip of this, but it just brings back a lot of memories. And it brings back that theater of the mind thing that uh, radio people have always talked about. Uh, and it is absolutely 100% true. Your theater of the mind is much more um, descriptive than anything you can actually visually see. But, but remember this from Chicken Man. The office of the police commissioner of Midland City. Yes, come in. Uh, commissioner? What? Oh, yes, I am. My name is Benton Harbor. He carries in his right hand a large suitcase. Put down your large suitcase, Mr. Harbor, and tell me what I can do for you. Oh, that was so great. And, and you'd just be, you know, Making sure that you would be catching that next episode too. I used to listen to it. It was uh, it was at twelve thirty five every uh, during the noon hour. Wow, twelve thirty five. We used to always listen to it. Mm -hmm. Then they followed that up with the Tooth Fairy. 
You know, I don't remember that one, so you'll have to, you do such a good job going through the vaults. I'd love to hear the tooth fairy. We'll pull I, out I'm sure stuff. I'll remember it when you pull it out, but, yeah. but I don't remember it. It's another dick orchid. Yeah. It's so funny that you remember the time that it ran, too, because in, in modern day programming, uh, one, of the, one of the buzzwords would be uh, appointment setting. You know, that's why you'll hear people say, it's a $3 million Thursday, because when, when, when they would record listening habits with diaries, Thursday was the most important part of the day. But they also want you to write down the times that you're listening. So they'll say, so be listening, 1235, for whatever it is they're, they're doing. Now that's relatively recent, um, but Chicken Man goes back, what, 40 years, I guess, 35 years? Uh, it's got to be, I know it's uh, mid-70s at wow. least. Okay, but it shows you how effective that particular programming tool is, that you could remember the time that it ran on the radio station you listened to. There was one other personality that I can almost tell you was on three times a day. And when I was uh, in management of radio stations, it's the one person that we wanted to get on our radio station, we and we never could get him. Can I guess? You certainly can. Three times a day, it's got to be Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey. Yeah. And the one I always listened to was the rest of the story. Oh, yeah. That was 15 minutes long, wasn't and, it? Uh, well, uh, no, that you was know, the morning thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think the rest of the story was shorter, but right. the one radio station I used to listen to it, I remember it too. It was right before 1 o'clock. Mm -hmm. It was before I got back to work at one o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. It would always tune into Paul Harvey for the rest of the story. You know, Paul Harvey, that was that was such a tune in. Um, but but some of the stations were, would be top 40 stations. You would think a news talk or an um, adult contemporary station or a middle of the road station would be a great fit, but they would be top 40 stations playing the Beatles and Elvis and the Beach Boys. Why do you think those kinds of stations, and you were a manager, why would you run that program on that kind of uh, station? I've never had the uh, uh, good fortune to do it. I would have. Um because there, there was just such wide appeal. Mm -hmm. I mean, it didn't matter. Uh, you know, a lot of country stations. Oh, of course, yeah. when in yeah. the 60s, a lot of stations were country. There yeah. weren't as many contemporary stations. Um, but I think it, it were, there was just such mass appeal to Paul Harvey. Everybody you knew listened to Paul Harvey. Yeah. It was like Walter Cron Cronkite on TV. Right. You, everybody watched Walter. It didn't matter what age you were. Right. I think there were two reasons primarily. One was it would drive revenue like right through the roof. You know, you, you had people taking a number and standing in line waiting to advertise on the Paul Harvey show on your radio station. The other thing is it would create a massive amount of tune in. So even if, even if they didn't typically listen to a top 40 station, that little particular period of time, that quarter hour would have such an influx of listeners, it would distort the ratings for the rest of the hour and build up the whole day part too. Another entire uh, radio show could be, uh, or a podcast could be um, uh, developed around what you're talking about, the programming aspect of radio right. and the advent of uh, consultants. Mm. Yeah, you use them quite successfully too. The old saying was, you know, you pay a consultant to tell you how to read your, or he, he'll read your watch, whatever it was, I don't know. But, but uh, I think they've got a place in, in any electronic media and, and certainly more and more are being used nowadays. Every time we uh, do a podcast, we come up with more ideas uh, to talk about, but we need your suggestions. So if you would, please email us at radiowhathappened at gmail.com and we'll try to get to those. 
may read some in a future podcast and uh, call out your name, but we, we would like the ideas and suggestions. Not that we particularly need it because there's so many ways we could go uh, and so many things to talk about. And we will do that in future shows. Uh, there's just so much, so much to talk about. It's really, it really is uh, a lot of fun to think about. It is. Again, you know, we've been doing this a long time. We're very passionate about it. And obviously, so are the people that are sharing this, this podcast in so many ways, too. But that does it for Episode 3. Join us again next week at this time for Episode 4. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you on, uh, can't say we'll see you on the radio. We can't say we'll see you on TV. Uh, but we'll be right here. Uh, we're releasing these or publishing these podcasts on Tuesday mornings. So hopefully you will follow us and it will be a part of your regular listening week. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.